No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where God brings a plague on Israel because of David's sin of numbering the people, but God also gives David the way to stop the plague. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 2 Samuel chapter 24 on Simply the Bible. David was a man after God's own heart. Yet David's life ended with a foolish decision to number the people because of his pride. Yet even through this foolish act, God was setting the stage for the day he would remove the sins of the nation and of the entire world. We continue today in 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 15. And so the Lord sent a plague upon Israel from the morning till the appointed time. From Dan to Beersheba, 70,000 men of the people died. And when the angel stretched out his hand over Jerusalem to destroy it, the Lord relented from the destruction and said to the angel who was destroying the people, It is enough. Now restrain your hand. And the angel of the Lord was by the threshing floor of Aruna, the Jebusite. Now this was David's sin. He numbered the people contrary to the law of God and against the advice of his military commanders. So then why did 70,000 of the Israelites die? I believe there are three reasons. First, we saw in verse 1 that the Lord was angry with the entire nation. And this was the means he used to discipline them. Second, David being their leader acted as representative of the nation. Therefore, his sin hurt everybody. In the law, when a leader sinned, it carried the same punishment as when the entire congregation sinned. Third, God said that when they numbered the people, they were to collect a half shekel from each man so that there may be no plague among them. The fact that David didn't take the census the right way brought a plague on everyone. Now, David saw the angel stretching out his hand over Jerusalem to destroy it. Imagine how frightened he must have been to see this awesome and mighty minister of death knowing that he was the one responsible. But then God said, it is enough, and he restrained the angel's hand. The prophet Habakkuk said, I have heard all about you, Lord. I am filled with awe by your amazing works. In this time of our deep need, help us again as you did in years gone by. And in your anger, remember your mercy. You know, I have no doubt as I look at our nation that we are in a time of great need. And as God has worked in the past, so we need him to work again. We may be deserving of judgment, for sure. But Lord, in your anger, remember your mercy. We do understand that those whom the Lord loves, He rebukes and disciplines. If we aren't disciplined by our Heavenly Father, then we are illegitimate children. But Habakkuk prayed, Lord, in your anger, remember mercy. Thank God that 
after we have suffered a little while, the Lord says, it is enough. David wrote in Psalm 103.8, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. Aren't you glad? Now, God restrained the angel's hand at the threshing floor of Aruna, the Jebusite. The Jebusites were the original inhabitants of Jerusalem. David drove them out when he conquered Jerusalem and made it his capital. But this Jebusite remained in Jerusalem and seemed loyal to David. Perhaps he was even a believer in Yahweh. The threshing floor was usually on top of a hill so that as they winnowed the wheat, the wind would blow away the chaff and the kernels would then fall to the floor. This threshing floor was on top of Mount Moriah. Then David spoke to the Lord when he saw the angel who was striking the people and said, Surely I have sinned and I have done wickedly, but these sheep, what have they done? Let your hand, I pray, be against me and against my father's house. This was now the second time that David repented over numbering the people. Perhaps the greatest pain that he had was the realization that they were dying because of his sin. This is the essence of David's greatness. David was not a perfect man by any means. On the contrary, he sinned greatly. But David also repented greatly. His repentance was far more than merely saying, I'm sorry. David told the Lord, let your hand be against me and against my father's house. David had such a shepherd's heart that he could wish himself accursed rather than see the sheep suffer. How like Christ he was, for Christ willingly became accursed for us his wayward sheep. And Gad came that day to David and said to him, Go up, erect an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Aruna the Jebusite. God sent the prophet Gad with the plan he had in mind. This was, in fact, Redemption Hill. God told David to erect an altar on the threshing floor. Now, this was the same place that God told Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. And at the last moment, God restrained Abraham's hand, preserving the life of his only son. Then God showed Abraham a a ram caught in the thicket, and Abraham sacrificed the ram instead. And it was said, in the mount of the Lord it will be provided. So do you think it was a mere coincidence that God restrained the angel's hand in the same place that he restrained Abraham's hand? And then he told David to sacrifice a substitute, as he had done with Abraham so many centuries before. And soon, the same threshing floor would become the site of Solomon's temple, where substitutionary sacrifices would continually be offered to God on behalf of the nation of Israel. You see, in both Old and New Testaments, the Bible teaches that there is no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. Atonement reconciles sinful man to a holy God. It is the act of at one 
But this cannot happen apart from sacrifice because we are sinners. Someone must die in our place so that we may live. So David did according to the word of God. He went up as the Lord commanded. Now Aruna looked and saw the king and his servants coming toward him. So Aruna went out and bowed before the king with his face to the ground. And Aruna said, Why has my lord the king come to his servant? And David said, To buy the threshing floor from you, to build an altar to the Lord, that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. So David made his offer here to buy Aruna's threshing floor and thus to stop the plague. Now Aruna said to David, Let my lord the king take and offer up whatever seems good to him. Look, here are oxen for burnt sacrifice and threshing implements and the yokes of the oxen for wood. All these, O king, Aruna has given to the king. And Aruna said to the king, May the Lord your God accept you. We see what a generous man Aruna was and how willing he was to offer whatever he could to help David and stop the plague. Then the king said to Aruna, No, but I will surely buy it from you for a price, nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God with that which costs me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord heeded the prayers for the land and the plague was withdrawn from Israel. David would not accept Aruna's offer. He would not take a freebie from Aruna and offer a sacrifice that did not cost him something. He recognized that all of this had happened because of his sin, and he would not bring atonement for that without it costing him something. And that is just a true pattern of the kind of giving that pleases the heart of God. It's like what Jesus said to his disciples when the widow brought two mites and put them into the temple treasury. And the Lord said, she has given more than everybody else because they all gave out of their abundance, but she has given all that she has. We see that the way God looks at giving is not how much we give, but how much does it cost us? And David would not accept this gift from Aruna because he knew it needed to cost him something to bring the atonement for the nation. So he purchased the oxen, the yokes, and the threshing floor from Aruna. And later he would purchase the entire site so that his son Solomon could build the temple there. And having purchased these things, David built the altar and offered the burnt offerings and the peace offerings. He made atonement for the nation. God heard prayers for the land and stopped the plague. Sadly, David ended his life's accomplishments with this tragedy. The sin of one man led to the death of many. About a thousand years later, one of David's descendants would also end his life in tragedy. Only that death would not be for his own sin, but for the sins of many. And by his death, we are reconciled and experience at one with God. 
In the mount of the Lord, our sacrifice was provided. Now our part is to believe in the one whom God has sent. Do you believe this? And this ends our study of the book of 2 Samuel. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you, God, for your great love, Lord, that you looked upon us and you saw that we were separated, alienated from you because of our sins. And yet, Lord, you sent your only son to die in our place, Lord. In the mount of the Lord, you provided your only son. Lord, you stayed the hand of Abraham. You restrained the hand of the angel. But Lord, you sent your only son to die in our place because of your great love for us. And I pray that if there's anyone here today who has not yet received your atonement, your forgiveness, that they would receive today by simply admitting that they have sinned against your law and believe that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for their sins and receiving Jesus into their heart and life by calling upon his name. In your name we pray, amen. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Next week, we'll see where David's son presumes to be king without his father's approval. We hope you'll join us as we begin the book of 1 Kings on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.